Hi, everyone. Before we get into today's episode, just a warning. Um, during the talk, you will hear references to suicide as well as substance abuse. So please listen with care. And as always, you can head to the show notes of this episode for further support. Thank you so much. This is Healing Through Love. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Healing Through Love. My name is Olivia Luna, and I'm just a 32-year-old single woman who has never been in love before. And this podcast is my journey to find a healthy, healing, long-term monogamous relationship. I'm very excited. Today, I have the lovely Stasia Ashna. Stasia is a trauma-informed life coach who is certified in internal family systems for individuals and couples. She's also a licensed clinical hypnotherapist and meditation teacher. Stasia's childhood challenges inspired her to seek a more meaningful life, and now she helps others to do the same. Stasia, thank you so much for joining me. How are you doing today? I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me, Olivia. Yeah, thank you. Um, so let's dive right into it. I'd love to actually kind of start um, with your childhood, a little bit of just like how you got into your practice today. Um, and yeah, just how everything sort of started for you. Sure. So yeah, childhood, um, as you read from my bio, who was bio was really challenging. Uh, I grew up with uh, experiencing a lot of trauma, abuse, poverty. Um, my parents divorced when I was quite young and uh, there was addiction in my family as well. My father was an alcoholic and a drug addict uh, and I'm the youngest of five kids. Um, so childhood was was really rough and, um, and there was also quite a lot of grief. I lost a brother when I was 15 years old. He died in a motorcycle accident and he was like, he was just the best brother. So that was a huge loss for me. Um, you know, all these things really created a lot of challenges, obviously, as I was going through them. But then as I got older, it really, it, it started playing out. And there's, you know, this is just what happens, right? Anybody who's in therapy or doing any sort of conscious work knows that, you know, the, the issues you face in adulthood are mostly rooted in childhood experiences. So I didn't get the best start. And it wound up playing out a lot in relationships and work. And um, and and it also inspired me to say, I really want to live a different quality of life. Uh, so, you know, self-help, I found, I found self-help, I found meditation, I found yoga and Eastern philosophies when I was a teenager. And at the time, I didn't really realize this until recently, but that was like finding, finding meditation, finding therapy was about survival for me. It was about like, really, it was more than just, I'm interested in these things. It was like, I need to survive. <laughs> How am I going to get through life? Because uh, I was in a really dark place as a teenager. I was... Um, I was experiencing suicidation and depression and, uh, and, and it was, it was just, it was really, really challenging. So these things were, they were more than just an interest. It was really like, I need to, I need to be able to survive and get through life. Um, and, and because I started experiencing a better quality of life once I started meditating, once I started seeing a therapist and I went to school for psychology, uh, it was like, wow, there is, I don't have to stay in these, I don't have to stay in this place. I, I can actually do things that are going to really help to elevate my life and, um, 
live a healthier, more meaningful life. So I became pretty obsessed with my own healing journey and transformation. Uh, and, and, and it's, and as, as a result of my own experience, I became really sensitive to other people who are going through similar things. And I just have always felt really naturally drawn to helping other people who were going through challenges. Um, one of the beautiful things I will say about my childhood is my mother in particular really instilled a lot of values around helping people, um, helping people who need help, uh, you know, that, that are often ignored in society. Uh, so, so I did get a lot of good values there and that definitely played into what I, what I chose to become in terms of my career. Um, but I would say it was mostly inspired by my own experience of, of living through a lot of traumatizing experiences and coming out of it. Um, mm -hmm. so, so that's, that's a little summary. <laughs> that's incredible. I, I, I really, yeah, I love that aspect of like understanding like this is not normal, you know, like or really reevaluating what we thought was normal. Like when we're so, mm -hmm. when we've lived a life um, kind of entrenched in various traumas, in pain and heartache, you get comfortable in it and you think like, oh, this is just what everybody's experiencing. Was there like a... I don't want to say rock bottom, but like a, a breaking point or just a, a point in your life where it sort of hit you and said, yeah, I need to change some things. Definitely. Actually, the first thing, there were a few, uh, but the first thing that comes to mind was when I was uh, 26, I left a relationship with a man who had the same birthday as my father. And he was also an alcoholic and a drug addict. Uh, and I, we had a very, very codependent relationship. Um, I was a helicopter girlfriend. I was like monitoring him and trying to make him sober. I was trying to save him. I was in the hero savior role with this man. Yep. I know that, <laughs> I know that role. Same, <laughs> and he had the same birthday as my dad. So, you know, I, I'm like, I'm having panic attacks because I had, you know, complex PTSD. I have complex PTSD from growing up with a very violent alcoholic father. So I was, uh, at the the end of our relationship, I had a I had a panic attack where I actually fainted and fell down a flight of stairs, oh. and um, and it was because he came to my home and he had relapsed, oh. uh, and I was I was so triggered by alcohol, but the fact that he had also relapsed, um, it was it was just it just put me over the edge, and a few months after that, I actually saw my father for the first time in 13 years, mm -hmm. and um, I had this opportunity to experience closure with my father, and my father actually died 10 days later of a sudden wow. brain aneurysm, um, so it was just in a very short period of time, there were a lot of really significant experiences that I had. I also had a wonderful therapist who was <laughs> really direct with me. And she was just, she was, she was direct. And I called her my angel because she, she gave me the information uh, that I needed in order to navigate that experience and see exactly like objectively what I was doing, that this, this was not something to be ashamed of. This is something, this is a natural response um, that that we have, unfortunately, is we often do play out our parents' relationships um, because it is normal. As you said, it's normal, quote unquote, normal. It's not, it doesn't make it healthy, but it was what was normal to me. So, um, so I, I had 
a lot, I just had a lot of these experiences. I was very fortunate to have my therapist to really guide me into insight and realize what I was doing and how I could change those patterns. Uh, so I, at that point, I became even more active in my therapy. I started going to CODA, which is Codependence Anonymous meetings. Um, and I just became even more dedicated to really like healing my own attachment wounds. So I could never, I didn't want to experience that ever again. That relationship was exceptionally painful. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's so beautiful though, that you were able to like find healing like it's even though I tell myself like even though sometimes relationships end or maybe end you know in a in a difficult way Mm -hmm. they do lead me more towards um finding the things that'll better like benefit me at the end of the day right like so Mm -hmm. so therapy these practices understanding my attachment style my my, like looking at my childhood trauma um Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm sorry for you know the loss of your father I'm so glad though that you were able to have like that closing conversation at least like um that was definitely a big turning point in my life my you know I've talked about this in other episodes, but my father wasn't really present for like the first 18 years or so. There was a lot of abandonment yeah. wounds that resulted as, as you know, as a result of that. Um, of but when I got into adulthood and saying, okay, I want to, I want to be able to start a relationship with him. We need to have that conversation. You know, we really mm-hmm. need to, you know, talk about like, where the hell were you for all these, all this time and yeah. coming to the realization that, um, you know, I'm I'm actually really fortunate that he wasn't in my life for those years mm-hmm. because he was dealing with addiction. He was dealing with all of these like inner issues, like inner issues with himself that would not have been safe for me as a child to be around. Um, mm-hmm. And there was that sense of like closure of just like, oh, okay, I I I see now. There's an understanding of like why that needed to happen, and I can kind of be free, I guess, in a way of that Mm -hmm. pain or that anger, that resentment that I had for so long. Um, So I definitely think like those conversations are super important to have Um, in, in, in understanding your, your childhood upbringing and your childhood trauma. Can you talk a little bit about, um, and I think you talked, you know, a little about your attachment styles and such. How did that translate specifically to your relationships, to dating? Were there a certain, the pattern that you were seeing in the, you know, partners that you were attracting, all of that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, I attracted uh, very avoidant partners. Um, I myself was more of like um, uh, disorganized in my attachment style. So I would be codependent and also avoidant in my own ways. Um and more leaning on like really codependent. So meaning I would really attach to people in an unhealthy way, uh, change my identity in relationships, like forget who I was. Um, my, like my source of meaning would get really uh, tied up in the other person. So I, I go from relationship to relationship often, not taking a lot of break. Um, but the people that I would wind up in relationship were often people who are very avoidant. When I would find healthy partners, those relationships wouldn't last. (laughs) So, you know, that happened for a long time where I would like, I'd find, you know, I had some really lovely partners too, but those relationships just wouldn't last. Uh, And, you know, and I had a therapist at the time who said to me, this was, this was a while ago, but he said, uh, you know, yeah, you couldn't stay in those relationships because, because they were healthy. 
and and it was because that was so foreign to me I mean you know my father was my my father was he was an addict and he was also very violent he was terrifying um and so I would you know he was not present whatsoever um so I'd find partners who just weren't present and my mother wasn't either um so I will give some hope to your listeners and say that I have also healed my attachment wounds. The important thing to know about attachment wounds is these are things that are not hardwired into you. Uh, they are, this is like in terms of nature versus nurture, these are things that are nurtured into us. We learn them as a response to our environment. And because we've learned them, we can also unlearn them. So I'm in a wonderful relationship now with a partner who is wonderful and there's no such thing as a perfect relationship, but our relationship is pretty darn secure and we're really in love with each other. Neither of us is, I mean, we have, you know, everybody gets a little avoidance sometimes, but we're really present. Like we are, we're so, there's so much intimacy and presence in our relationship. Uh, and this is something that I, is very different than what I've had in previous relationships for the most part. Uh, so, so yeah, that was sort of my pattern was just mostly very avoidant partners. And for a while, people who were also dealing with addiction issues, and I would try to save them. Mm, yeah, I, I I really, really appreciate you sharing that at that point of like, <laughs> our attachment styles are, you know, what we what we've always always known, but it's possible mm -hmm. to know new things and we can change it, right? But it takes time, definitely takes time. Um, I'm at that point now where like, as I'm in like my healing process and I, I'm kind of trying to start to date from like a, this more healing healed perspective, um, that fear of, oh my God, I'm not going to be attracted to <laughs> that secure partner. It's been coming up recently where it's like, mm -hmm. you know, you get that, that ick feeling, right? <laughs> you uh -huh. get like that, like, oh, this is unfamiliar. What is this? This is uncomfortable. Um, any tips? On, like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like take it real that. slow. Take it slow. Uh, know that, um, in my experience, so, you know, this is just tips again, you know, it's, there's all kinds of books out there and advice and things that you can get. So really I encourage anybody to just feel into what feels right for them, but it is good to question yourself too. If you've been having mm. trouble and having, uh, some patterns that haven't been working for you to be like, to, to admit that to yourself and say, mm, I need to maybe try things differently is good. So my tips would be to, um, slow it down, like way down, uh, slow burn for me has been a lot better. I used mm. to have those, you know, they're just the, <sighs> Oh my fire. gosh. Just, oh yeah. It's like, I, yeah, the, the hot, the just, hot and heavy right off the bat, just really excited about meeting that person. You know, lots of men who would confess their love to me in a week or two. And, mm. and that's a lot. And I, you know, at the time I thought, wow, this is so romantic. And it's like, it's like the childhood fantasy of, you know, the prince saving me. Mm -hmm. um, but that never worked in the long run, like it really, those, like those always burned out quickly. My partner and I, uh, today, we took it really slow in the beginning. We took our time getting to know each other. Um, and, and what I learned too is, you know, when I, when I do that, it also allows me the time and space to see if this, if this is somebody that I can trust that I really want to, that I really want to be with. Um, because I would often just move so quickly into relationships and give so much, give my heart, my body, my mind to somebody, and then realize, 
I don't really know who this person is and maybe I'm not all that compatible with them. So um, I would say slow it down, definitely get support from, you know, outside outside people. Uh, not I'm not saying friends, I'm saying in the form of like support groups, therapists, uh, coaches, I, I help people with this, this kind of thing. And it's, it's just a lot easier if you have somebody who's really trained and understands attachment theory, um, and what healthy relationships are supposed to be like that you can consult with. I mean, there's a lot of people like me that are out there that, that, you know, are experts in this field and can really talk to people and help them sort out these issues. Uh, so yeah, I, and I mean, like for me, a lot of the women that I meet, I'm specifically speaking to the women right now. I, I work with men too. A lot of women really undervalue themselves and they just, they give a lot upfront to, to, to partners, men or women. Um, and I think it's, it's just always really important to, to remember how valuable you are mm. and that you deserve to have somebody who, who loves the same way that you do. You know, it's not too much to ask for somebody who can give and show up the same way that you do. Yes. Oh, say it again. <laughs> say it again for the people in the back. Like, take your time. Don't give it all up way, you know, mm -hmm. really value yourself. I, I appreciate that. Um, mm -hmm. And in speaking of support, can you talk a little bit about um, the services, the techniques that you provide to help heal your clients? Absolutely. Uh, so internal family systems is my favorite therapy modality, and it's the one that I primarily use with clients. Uh, so IFS is what it's typically called. That's the abbreviated name, obviously. Um, and it's, uh, it's a modality for really understanding, understanding yourself as, as being multidimensional, looking at yourself as not just, um, you know, these, the like qualities, like I'm, I'm anxious or I'm stressed to see those as aspects of you, but not the whole of you. And to, and um, the goal of the therapy modality is actually to connect with what we call self uh, with a capital S. And that is, um, that's the core of, of all people, of anyone. It's, it's, it embodies qualities like compassion and courage uh, and consciousness. It's like that really solid presence that's just always inside of you. So IFS, um, the goal is to, is to be able to lead a self-led life where you feel more present and control um, in your life and whatever happened in your life, um, you know, previously in your childhood, your adolescence, or even in adulthood, uh, to not feel so controlled or overwhelmed by that, because um, that's often what what feels like it's really holding us back is the wounds and the defenses that we had to learn as a result of difficult experiences. And they worked at the time, but now maybe they're getting in the way. Uh, so, so I help people using IFS. I also do uh, IFIO, which is IFS couples therapy with, with couples um, and uh, hypnosis, which is really awesome. I actually combine hypnosis and internal family systems work to help often regress people into earlier states of childhood and retrieve the, the inner child, uh, heal past wounds and traumas. Um, and I teach people mindfulness as well, which has been really um, one of the most important things of my life is, is daily meditation practice. Mm. 
Oh my gosh, you do it all. <laughs> like that sounds incredible. Thanks. Um, yeah, I'm curious. So th- that is a lot. If someone is totally, you know, brand new to their healing journey, they just start, They uh-huh. maybe they've had their moment where they're like, I need to change, I need to shift. Where is a good place to kind of start? Ooh, um, if they're if they're just wanting to get started on their mm-hmm. healing journey, yeah, you know, I think just starting to educate yourself on um, what's available, what's out there. Uh, there's just like countless resources right now. First, I think you know people have to identify what are your goals, what's what are the current issues, and what are the goals, and um, and then maybe to start to yeah you know, to start to look. Uh, for for different modalities or teachers who are out there that are offering work. Um, I'm a big fan of some of the work that's dealing with deeper, deeper parts of the mind, um, Mm. like uh, internal family systems or hypnosis, or even working with the body. I'm, I'm, I just started studying somatic experiencing um, because a lot of, a lot of our issues are they're not really talk therapy, for example, is, is great, but it's really working with the active mind and we have a lot of defenses, so you can only really get so far with it. Mm. So I really recommend looking at some different modalities that work, work with deeper aspects of the mind and body so that you can get uh, more quickly to the root of your issue. Cause I'm a big fan personally of like, <laughs> you know, getting to the root more quickly so that you can heal a little faster. Yes, please. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> Let's get there. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and then also, I would just say, uh, you know, inspired by what you just said, let's get there, you know, like to be gentle and compassionate with yourself. Uh, honestly, like the best way to heal is really through is really through compassion and acceptance mm-hmm. for yourself um, to recognize how hard you work in your life and that life is hard. Um I have yet to see where like more self-criticism really motivates, really, really, really motivates people to heal long-term. Um, that's why I love IFS because the the core of it is really about healing through compassion. Absolutely. I would totally agree with that. Like, I, I mean, I, I grew up in a military household, but then also like, wow. you know, having parents that were a little bit more strict. Um, mm-hmm. So the kind of a hard love I'm familiar mm-hmm. with. And let me tell you, it, it didn't yeah. really do much for me. So learning right. that more compassionate, like self-talk, reparenting myself to be that mm. more, you know, caring, understanding caregiver for myself, like that has been, uh, that has brought me like leaps and bounds just in understanding and appreciating myself. And, and like you said at the very beginning, right? Like not judging what I went through, but really just like, understanding that that happened, accepting it and, you know, grieving it if need be and letting it, you know, go from a very just more relaxed kind of place as opposed to like, I got to figure this shit out and I got I'm fucked up and I got to, you know, fix myself. Like that was kind of my mentality for so long. And it was really Mm. what what stalled me in, in getting into like the healing journey is like, I have to figure this out by myself. I can't ask for help because I don't want to look weak. Right. Like all of that was happening. Um, so I definitely, yeah, I totally love that, that sentiment of just like really being, you know, careful and gentle with yourself and in this process and ask for help, please find those those resources and (laughs) that support. 
And, you know, and I will say to you, I would appreciate those, the aspects of you that did like, just learn how to like hustle and get through Mm -hmm. things. Cause that probably also did serve you. Right. It probably, you know, it, I was the same way. I've been the same way. And, and that was also a lot about survival and like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this and, and, and it does help but it also gets in the way, right? Because then we don't learn how to relax, let people take care of us in a relationship. It can become, you become the person that does it all in the relationship. So Mm -hmm. learning how to like sit back and receive and let other people show up for you is really important. Absolutely. That's my mindset going into dates. Like, (laughs) what are you going to do for me now? (laughs) Um, Like speaking of dating really quickly, what do you think is maybe, and maybe it's, some not one thing that we can really quantify this to, but like some big mistakes that we're just kind of making in dating in society, Mm -hmm. specifically in this time where, you know, online dating is on the rise. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our form of communications are weird and sometimes Mm -hmm. not very Mm -hmm. humanistic. Um, Yeah. Like what, what do you think we're doing wrong here? I think people aren't communicating. I think that they think they're communicating, but they're not. I think that, you know, like often, I mean, the issues people are coming to me with, I mean, they'll, they'll be very clear and direct about what's going on. They'll say, I want my partner to know this or this guy that I'm dating. And they'll say it so articulately and with feeling to me. And I'm like, just say what you said to me with the same language and feeling, say that to them. And they're like, no, no, I couldn't do that. I'm like, uh, all right. There you well, go. This is where the problem is, right? You're not communicating. Uh, so people are really afraid. And I get that too. Um, it's, you know, that fear of vulnerability and intimacy and being seen. So we've all got to work on that. You know, it's if that's where the walls are and the defenses and they make sense, um, especially if you've been hurt in your life. And that's just if that's showing up for you, then that's a sign that there's there's some work there to do. And it's not that you should just open up and share with anybody. Of course, you should definitely do that um, only with people that you feel safe to do that with. Uh, but I meet people all the time who are in relationships where uh, they they've been in relationships or marriages long term and they're and they're still not communicating. So, you know, communicate, share, um, you know, share your feelings. There's, there's so many great tools out there too. I give, I give my clients literally communication scripts to make it as easy as possible. Like here, here's the script, just work with this. Love that. As (laughs) an actor, I love that. (laughs) Right. Oh, cool. Yeah. It just gives you like a tool that you can go to. So then you don't have to think about the words uh, in, in the moment, you have something that you can work with. So, and it, and it can be, it can be really simple, like just, you know, just talking about your feelings and then talking about your wants, your needs with mm-hmm. the people that you're, that you're opening up to. Love it. Yeah. Love that. Um, speak your truth, everybody, please just shout it out. <laughs> um, Stasio, where can people find you? How can we reach out to you? All those things. Uh, my website, which is just stasiaashno.com.com. There's a, a free hypnosis download on there that anybody who comes mm. on the website can receive. And then I'm very active on Instagram. It's just Stasia Ashna. You'll find me on there. I uh, love getting messages from people. I have uh, numerous offerings and ways that I work with work with clients. And that's listed on my site as well. Love it. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. This has been like super insightful. I'm definitely going to mm-hmm. check out that uh, that offering on your site. Um, yes. And yeah, thank you again.
Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Healing Through Love. If you have any comments or questions about today's episode, feel free to reach out on social media at solidarity underscore media. Also, you can head to the show notes of this episode to find links and ways to get connected with today's guest. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to talking with you guys in the next episode. Bye.